Welcome to Marriage Mondays with the Kings. I'm Kenya. And I'm Shan. And, and we, we are, are the Kings. Kings. Happy Monday. Welcome back. Thank you all for joining us. We hope and pray that you all had an amazing day right here on Marriage Mondays with the Kings. We want to let you know that Marriage Mondays with the Kings is brought to you by our sponsor, Christian Humor for slash inspiration. This is a group that's designed to uplift, inspire, and bring humor to everyday life in a Christian way. If you are into social media, please check them out simply by going to search them on Facebook at Christian Humor for slash inspiration. So as we move forward in the show, we definitely want to open up the show with a word of prayer. So if you could please bow your heads and join with us. So Father God, we just come to you today giving you glory on and praise. Father God, just thank you for your many blessings. Father God, we just thank you for this opportunity and time to be before your people again. And Father God, we pray that you would give us a rainbow word for your people, Heavenly Father, that would help free them from the yokes of bondage. Father God, give us a word that's straight from you. Take us out of it and insert yourself in there, God, so that individuals will be able to hear you and not us. Father God, on the day we're praying for every situation and circumstance, we're praying for unity in the community, dear God. We're praying that we come up against racism on the day there, God, that we start to love individuals not for the color of their skin, Heavenly Father, but for them just being human beings. Father God, on the day we continue to pray against the coronavirus, we ask that you would just set yourself in the midst, Heavenly Father, that you would wipe it away like never before. Heavenly Father, that individuals will be healed, delivered, and set free. We're praying for those individuals that are missing on the day there, God. We ask that they would be reunited with their families, dear God. And we're just asking you to do uh, exceedingly and abundantly leader God above all that we can ask or think so father God as we get forward to move in today's show we just ask that you would just put yourself in the midst of what we're doing on the day there God that individuals will be able to hear a rainbow word through us from you there God and from our guest on today's show so father God we just thank you in advance for everything that you've already done and the things that you're yet going to do in Jesus name we pray amen 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 so we want to let you know that you Views expressed on this show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of KRG and 98.5 FM, its management, or other advertisers. KRG and 98.5 FM holds no responsibility for the validity or accuracy of information on this show. And our Marriage Monies with the Kings disclaimer, please keep in mind that although we are counseling professionals, the information shared on our radio show is for ministry and educational purposes only. Also note that topics discussed are reflective of supporters who contact us desiring to have a deeper knowledge of these topics. No information is shared on our show based on our counseling experiences. Topics are for the encouragement of marriages, families, and communities as God desires for us to minister. So just a quick recap of last week's show. Last week's show was titled The Toxic Mother. The to- that was an amazing show. So if you happen to miss out on last week's show, feel free to listen on our podcast, Google Play, Buzzsprout. We are on um, iHeartRadio podcast. It is available on our YouTube page. So feel free to check it out. All right. And so today's topic is marriage and ministry with Juan and Lisa Wine. Yes. So Juan and Lisa, we want to welcome you guys to the show. And yes. uh, thank you for uh, giving us this opportunity to interview you. And we're going to be talking about that topic, marriage and ministry on today. And so if you all could just, Juan and Lisa, you know, you're about to get ready to come in and chime in. But if you all could just share with us about Juan and Lisa, you know, we know about the music and the musical background that you have, but share with us what it is that you want us to know about Juan and Lisa Winans. Thank you for joining us on today. Producers and producers. Uh, and he says that that was his in. 
Um, but and it worked, and we started relating with music, and then became friends, and then fell in love. And so uh, we are a husband and wife couple. Um, we have a daughter, Sophia, who's nine years old, and um, we believe that our mission is to, you know, make the name of God known in both the sacred and the secular world, and that's what we're trying, attempting to do. Okay. Okay. So we were able to, you know, of course, learn a lot about you guys through your introduction there. And so uh, I just want to know how you guys really just kind of put everything together uh, and how it came about that you guys really start working on the album together. Well, like Lisa said, we our our first kind of interaction together just as friends was writing songs. Mm. You know, Lisa talked about writing for Out of Eden. Um, and, and so I said, well, why don't we get together and write? And there was a friend of mine who I moved from Detroit to Nashville with, who is still a great friend and also a fellow songwriter and producer, Justin Gray. And so the three of us started writing and just creating together. Writing and eating a lot. Writing, a lot of- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of eating, a lot of writing songs. And then we started to write less and less and just talked and got to know one another as friends. And the rest is history. So the, the idea of writing together uh, is not really new for us. That's how we started. And so creating is a, is a big part of our, our friendship, our love for one another, our overall relationship. So it's really just an extension of what we've been doing for the past 15 years or so. Yeah, but we definitely took a detour on some of the writing as a group or the ministry like as artists um so we were worship leaders at our church in nashville and then we moved to um california where we had Mm -hmm. our daughter and juan was um you know in the studio producing and writing for mary mary and different you know other artists and then we moved to north carolina and became the worship pastors at a church called king's park um, in durham north carolina and then moved to virginia or to dc where we are currently and we started working with our church there um, but it wasn't until 2018, I think, that the Lord really laid on Juan's heart and it was also answered to prayer for me um, that we need to kind of move away from that. And um, we'll always, you know, be in the local church and be involved in the, in the local church. But it was a time for us to kind of step into um, artistry and ministry as a couple. Mm-hmm. So. That's good. And, you know, just hearing you guys talk, I love how you compliment one another. And one thing that really touches me as an individual, and I'm hoping it's touching the individuals that are listening to the broadcast, Mm -hmm. is that you guys decided to work together. And it seems like everything just kind of worked through negotiations. You've been from one part of the country to the other part. maintain that balance but yet still being able to hear the voice of the lord to say this is where i need you both to move to Mm -hmm. and to operate within that spirit so that you're not outside of the will of god so that it continues to not only bless you but it blesses those individuals that you're ministering to as well yeah 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 were you gonna say that's 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 been our goal it's you know when you go from we were in nashville and then we moved across country to LA. We knew God was calling us there. We didn't know exactly why, but we had some things set up and started to kind of write a lot, made a lot of connections, made a lot of great relationships that really have have sustained us in many ways after leaving LA and going back to North Carolina that doesn't have a real kind of music community. But the relationships that we made in LA and the work that we were able to do helped us tremendously, even still is helping us to this day being in D.C., but we've always just tried to follow the voice and the leading of God, even when it didn't necessarily make a ton of sense or, or we couldn't see a lot of, I don't know, utility in it. We <laughs> yeah. just said yes. And so we ended up in North Carolina. And, and certainly I was in a musical um, called Born for This 
uh, the B.B. Winans story with my sister, Deborah Joy. And that is actually kind of how we ended up in D.C. We yeah. did like maybe two or three months here in D.C. We had fallen in love with being here. Lisa has a lot of family here. And we just felt like God was calling us here to put our daughter in school, to raise her and just to see what God has for us. So it's really all about just the negotiation is really just saying yes to what God wants to do. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's easy, you know, and it doesn't mean that it doesn't feel like your dreams are being deferred sometimes. Um, But I think ultimately God's timing is perfect. And if you can kind of move in that vein and move in unity, um, then you can kind of make it through all the, you know, different paths that that he will lead you on. Now the song, it belongs to me. (laughs) Okay. So the owner of the station he was like, listen to this song. And so coming up in a musical family as well, being raised in the church, like we like to share with people, we was raised under the church. We was always. (laughs) I listened to the song and it's a technique that we have in counseling that we teach our clients called grounding. And it's just where you shut off everything else in your mind. And so I listened to the song with everything that is going on from the coronavirus to the injustices I was like, oh my God, it, it took my mind to uh-uh, bring it back, reel it back. Mm-hmm. No matter what's going on in the world, I got you. You know, that's what yeah. God was telling me. I got you. You belong to me. I'm going to protect you. No matter how many tears you cry, I got you. And Lord knows, mm-hmm. you know, I've cried some tears because it's like, what do you say to your children? What is going on? This is 2020. Yeah. So with that being said, what does it belong to me? What is that? How did you all desire for it to come across and portray? And what does it mean to you, that song? Well, the song means a lot to us. It's our first uh, release outside of our Christmas EP. It's it's really an answer to prayer and that we're doing it with uh, with my uncle, Pastor Marvin Winans, yes. whom we both admire for, for so many years. And I think maybe people would listen to the song and hear him and say, oh, well, it's their uncle. Of course he's on it. But that's not really, you know, he kind of considers himself retired from music. Mm -hmm. And so the process started about a year and a half ago, just driving down the street and God gave me this melody. It belongs to me. That's over and over and over and over. And so I just prayed. I said, God, well, what is as a child of God, as a son of the most high, what belongs to me? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. And so salvation, that's our first encounter with God. So that's the first stanza. Salvation belongs to me. Uh, and, And it's purchased by his blood. It's a gift to us. And so then it goes into talk about healing. It's all for us. It was really important that the song be rooted and founded in scripture and scripturally sound and accurate, because for us, that's where the power of God is. And if you can say what God has already said about you, then you can possess the things that he's promised you. And so that's what the song is. And to hear you say that we were in L.A. sitting at Capitol with my uncle and we prayed before we started recording, similar to how you prayed before you started this recording. Uh, and we just said, God, for as long as people hear the song, we want them to feel your power, your presence, and your love for them. Yes. And so to hear you kind of preface how you felt when you heard the song and describe that, that's an answer to prayer for us. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping that as we go through these times, we had no idea. We had never heard of coronavirus when we, <laughs> when we wrote and recorded this song. Mm-hmm. We had no idea uh, we'd be in a pandemic in the middle of it when the song was released. We had no idea... That, um, that we'd be in such a like a uprising in terms of our social, uh, the things we have going on socially and race relations. But that's kind of consistent over the, over the years in our country, at least. And so we know even facing those difficult times, God has it all under control. 
It's not a surprise to him. He knows the end at the very beginning. And so we're trusting that through this song, God will minister hope to people, that he will minister uh, freedom and love and peace and joy. And to hear you say that just, it makes us grateful in our prayers that other people will have that same experience. That's good. And I know for me, as, as I listened to it, um, I kind of called it on a totally different level. Um, mm-hmm. More so by saying it belongs to me. We have to get individuals to understand that this is your birthright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Many people think yeah. that, uh, well, I did so many things that was wrong. And I, I'm, I'm outside of the will of God. He, he's not looking out for me. And, you know, this son just kind of woke me up that says, no, no, this belongs to you. This is something that you're supposed to have. This is what your father wants you to have. The promises of the father are yes and amen. And once yeah. you're able to receive that, then you can start to see the fulfillment and everything that God kind of guides you through to get you to a place uh, that he wants you to inevitably be at. Uh, so if you think that you're down in the dumps right now, just wait till he puts you on, on the, you know, the hill with a thousand cows. You know, yeah. we'll be able to see individuals progress, but yet still keeping ourselves grounded to know that it's by the gift of the Holy Spirit, it's by the gifts of our Father that He's putting us into position where He wants us uh, to be. So that's what really I got out of that. Powerful stuff. Well, that, that's the key thing is that the, the 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 first stanza says salvation belongs to me. I know the work is already done. It's already done. It's by the power of his but it's not any goodness of our own. Yeah. And so that's what the whole song is really describing is that God is saying, because you are my child, because Jesus finished the work on the cross. Uh, and when he rose again from the grave, these are the things that I am identifying you by. Yes. Yeah. And so it's just our job to receive those things. That, that's amazing. Yeah. Ooh, amazing. That, that, mm. <laughs> I believe that the song should be an anthem for all oh, no. that is going on yeah. like right now. Like everybody listening, you have to go and listen to the song. You just have to. It's, Thank you. Uh, it's amazing. And it is amazing in God's timing how mm-hmm. everything unfolded because we didn't know. You know, right. we on lockdown in our homes and stuff. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm. But we want to dig a little more into Juan and Lisa. That's yes. what we're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, we often hear, because it's, it's interesting that you all speak about Nashville. Because we were literally stationed for almost seven years at Fort Campbell, Kentucky, which is not too Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, oh, we were close to them. <laughs> But in saying that, um, I know a lot of times when you all probably, you know, interview or do guest appearances or whatnot, it's more so about your music and or, hey, they're from the legendary wine is family. Hey, you know, like you mentioned, being in the groups that you were before. But what about Juan and Lisa? You know what I'm saying? I know for me personally, I love music. But when I can kind of get to know a little bit about the individuals and like what their thought, I'm a deep thinker, what your thought process was as you were doing whatever it is that God led you to do. So mm-hmm. we have some questions. We do. Look, I prefaced all that to say, how long have the two of you been married? So it will be 13 years in September. September what? September 8th. Ah. Oh, no, no. <laughs> almost caught us slipping. You know, yeah. I, I, I forgot our anniversary once, and I have nightmares, recurring nightmares about about. Wait, what, what is it? Um, she, she tried to celebrate our anniversary a day a day early. 
like, no, baby, just let's just wait a few. I know you're eager, but let's just wait a, a, couple, <laughs> a few more hours. <laughs> Longer. Um, and we dated, uh, we started dating in 2005, December of 2005. So mm-hmm. um, we had a long, I mean, not a long engagement. We had a short engagement, oh. but we had a, a long counseling well, period. We, we dated for two years, which I don't yeah. think is a long time in like modern no. It didn't feel like a long time. Yeah, it didn't feel like that long. Our counseling felt like a long, a long time. So once we got that out of the way, our engagement was about uh, 11 weeks. weeks. Yeah, 11 or 12 weeks. Yeah. And then- it was fast. We got engaged in June, I think June 26th, maybe, and, uh, and married in September. Hmm. Mm. Okay. All right. <laughs> so-, so, so one thing to know about Juan and Lisa Juan is, is like we like to, like, we get to it. Get to it. Jump straight in. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. And I heard you say that you guys did uh, counseling. I was going to pick up on that. See? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. you know, how was that experience for you and how did that play a positive part and, and a role in the marriage that you have right now? It's interesting because I remember being in the studio and my aunt Cece called me and we were talking about something unrelated. And she knew Lisa, you know, in passing for the most part. Uh, but I said, Hey, I'm really, I'm going to marry this woman and I'm excited about it. She said, well, Juan, that's great. Promise me one thing. And I was like, okay. She said, promise me you'll get premarital counseling. Mm. And I said, okay, yeah, easy. Just kind of, oh yeah, great. We'll do it. But I I made her that promise. And and I remember that in the days and the weeks to come when we were talking about if we were going to do it, not going to do it, where are we going to get it? And so it turned out to be a really important part of our development as a couple mm-hmm. and we did it and I would actually advise people and forgive me if this goes against your advice I would say do it before you get engaged yeah. because there's less pressure yeah we <laughs> felt like at any time we could say okay well praise God this is that praise God working. you're not the one God bless your ministry and there was no you know financial <laughs> you know ramifications yep. we didn't no have plans. to you know cancel anything um, and it really gave us the time to really just just take our time and decide, you know, we, we felt like this is what God was calling us to do. But I do believe that God gives you a choice. Um, he doesn't force us to marry anybody. Um, and so there were things that um, we were just able to work through in our own time without kind of like the clock ticking, mm-hmm. uh, which was really yeah. nice. Good. Mm. Yeah, so let me ask this question um, with the attributes or the things that you were exposed to growing up in your family, how would you say that some of those attributes when it came to your marriage provided strength or maybe some areas that you need to work on? And the reason why I ask that is because (laughs) a lot of people will come into marriage and that's some of the things that we talk about. Now we keep it real on the show if you all haven't seen already, but (laughs) marriage and they bring their families, whatever their family's mindset of what marriage should be. You know, his family and them maybe mm-hmm. think this and I'm thinking, no, I'm not cooking for you. Your mama should have taught, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We can clash because <laughs> there are ways that we grew up in were right. So yeah. with with you all, what you were exposed to of what marriage was or maybe some good marriages and bad marriages, what do you feel was some of the strengths that you all pulled in order to become one in your union? Um, well, I'll, I'll tackle this one first. I think you mentioned something cause you said also, you know, what our 
parents or, you know, what the generation before us did was considered right, but it was also considered their time, you know, in every generation times change. So what may have worked, you know, perfectly in one situation may not translate as well when, you know, you've got busier kids schedules, busier, you know, home schedules. Um, I think, and also in the same vein, some of our strengths can also be our greatest weaknesses. Um, so I come from a family of uh, more of a matriarchal family, you know, really strong um, women. You know, Juan does too, but we had uh, more of an absence. In my growing up, I had an absence of a father figure. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in, in my, you know, family, there's just really strong, highly educated, you know, women Um, which I think is a great strength, but if there's not a balance and then you meet up with a, you know, a family that has, you know, I'd probably say a stronger or a very strong patriarchal, um, certainly more, just more men, Mm -hmm. you know, my grandfather had seven boys straight (laughs) and then he had three girls. And so, and then they all had sons predominantly. Um, and so it would, yeah, the, the scales just were tipped. Yes, we had less boys. My mom had three girls, um, you know, a lot of aunts um, and just not as many Mm -hmm. (laughs) uncles. Mm -hmm. So kind of, you know, um, blending those strengths and and understanding that they are strengths, you know, and and how do we... Well, some of them are strengths. (laughs) (laughs) Some of them are not strengths on both sides. Because the thing is this, anytime there is a, a breakdown or an imbalance, in your life when when compared to what god says it's supposed to be mm-hmm. then you're going to naturally experience some some things that are not ideal right they just they make it more difficult to have harmony or to have agreement to have unity to have the picture that god has established for us as as a healthy you know relationship and a um uh, I, I think something that's reflective of his ultimate will. And so we both have those things as any couple will have on both sides of our families. Right. And so it's really, sometimes it's not necessarily about what's right and what's wrong. You have to figure out what's going to work for you as a couple, mm-hmm. because there's so many areas that are just gray areas or areas of preference areas of, um, you know, well, it can be done three or four different ways. How are we going to do it? Right. And I think that that's the, the balancing act. As you mature, as you move forward, if one person feels really strongly about something and you're kind of like, well, you're indifferent, then maybe it's better to let that person kind of have it that way as long as it's not detrimental to your overall uh, health, you know, of your family. And so I think we, we had a, a lot of those things to navigate through and still do. You know, you don't reach... The, the mountaintop, I don't think, in 13 or 14 years. Wow. If ever. <laughs> you're just, yeah, you're just striving and, and maturing and getting better and better, hopefully, uh, yeah. with each year. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know. Matt, How long have y'all been married? 21 years. years. Wow. wow. Okay. Congratulations. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's, um, how can I say? Maybe don't play. No. <laughs> <laughs> Like to joke. <laughs> so one, I think you and I maybe are a lot alike. Uh, you know, when, when I see something, I, I just go for it. Come on, and somebody. Yes, she, she, was, she wasn't having it at first. No, I was. Yeah. Not. So I, I. Oh, she. She. You had one of those stories. You got rebuked. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Rejected. Look, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So um, 
you know, I'm, I'm glad everything worked out well, but it, it was a, a hard fight in the beginning. Yeah. And a lot of it was exactly what you guys were talking about. You know, I was raised a certain way. She was raised a certain way. Mm-hmm. I'm coming in saying, hey, you know, I want to be the man of the household. I want to protect, provide this, that, and the other. And she was more like, well, you know, we have strong women in our family, and I can do this myself. And I'm like, well, you don't have to do it yourself. That's why God has placed yes. me as a head. I Yeah, that was some years we were like this, you know, with each other. <laughs> And it, it wasn't the fact that we didn't love each other. It's just the fact that we weren't recognizing that there were certain strengths, that there were some things that we needed to add more here and take away there so that we could find that midpoint or that yeah. balance. Uh, mm-hmm. in the yeah. So, so for you guys, how are you able to balance mm. marriage, ministry, music, all of that as a whole? Yes. I, You know, I can't say that we, we have any... Some of it is new in, ter- <laughs> in, in terms of working together in this capacity. That's that's relatively new. And that's a real, that can be a minefield of sorts to navigate. I think ultimately at the foundation of our relationship and extends into everything that we do is that we try to honor God's word above our own feelings, above our, our own desires. Um, and if we can lay that as a foundation, then I think you have a pretty good blueprint of how to handle different situations because you can't really predict what's going to come up. But if you have a structure set in place that g- what God says is paramount, that's the most important thing. And so what does he say about this situation or this situation? Then I think you're off to a good start, whether it's work, professional, you know, private or personal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think for us, it's we're ever learning, you know, yeah. um, I, I think there's some couples that have, you know, that work together and they have business hours. And I think that would be ideal. Um, but we haven't figured out, you know, how to, how to do that. We're kind of just like, OK, what do you want to for dinner? Also, and then this, this, this. So I'm trying, you know, and, and I've been working on learning when's the best time to kind of talk about things. Um, with Juan, he's learning when the best time to talk about me, uh, to talk to me about things. Um, and so it's just constantly like, we're just learning and just open to, um, hearing from other couples, opening to talking to our friends and seeing, you know, how they do it. Um, but ultimately I think respect and like Juan said, you know, having the word of God as that, as that foundation. And then when, when there are things that are just preferential or a matter of expectation or a matter of, um, preference or opinion, um, to really trying to figure out, you know, how to keep those things like, you know, if he does something that I don't prefer, it doesn't mean that he broke the law. It doesn't mean that he, um, you know, sinned against God. Um, and so how do I kind of manage my expectations? How do I manage my opinions? Um, and, and how do we just kind of hold those things a little bit, you know, lightly? Yeah. I think one of the things, and I want to ask you all this, one of the things, which is so weird now, think about it. We dated, okay? We date, right? That's <laughs> married couples mm-hmm. before you get married then mm-hmm. you get married and life get busy mm-hmm. go through that phase and one of the things that me and my husband did oh i don't know if we just forgot how to do it or we start having a family is dating just time for me and him and so that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we always kind of promote on the show because one of the big things that people speak to us about as far as like problems if they're if you will in marriages 
it sounds like it's imbalanced what we were talking about. And we were so guilty. You talking about, we were both military. We had five children. We're over. Wow. Ministry, <laughs> that, that in the ministry. Oh man. Our children were asleep just like we was in, in church. church. Yeah. <laughs> and, oh yeah. But so we never, we had a hard time creating time for us. And even when friends said, Hey, I'll watch your children. So you all can go on a date. We would sit at home and watch TV and we thought that was a date. So the question, <laughs> I promise to God, it was horrible. Now, look, we don't do that now. We have a regular date night. We don't answer the phone. Nobody better call. All of Central Texas, no, don't call the Kings on Friday night. It is our <laughs> So with I that, love that. Do you all have like designated time or even if you all are on the road where you just kind of check in with each other, like how do you do it for just, one and Lisa time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we don't have we have not been great at, at setting that side. Excuse me, setting aside that time on a regular basis. It is just it, our lives are in many ways are very. It's very spontaneous. Mm-hmm. Uh, we move around a lot. Sometimes we get calls at the last minute to take a trip to go here or to minister here to to go work. And so not as an excuse, because I think we could do that. Yeah. It's just not something we have done regularly. We have a lot of friends that, that do that. And we get, we get the advice yeah. to do that quite a bit. Um, and it's one of those things that we're always like, okay, we need to, we need to, we need to, but life does kind of, like you said, get in the way. And um, we try to, you know, we connect more like, at, after the kid, you know, after our daughter's asleep, after, you know, she's put down, and then that's kind of our connection time. Um, but I think one of the differences for us is we don't have the same kind of nine to five structure that uh, most people have. Mm-hmm. And so we don't, we can work from home. So we end up spending more time together than I think most couples do. Like if the, the both, cu- like both people are leaving at seven in the morning you're clocking in, you're coming back at five or six at night. That's never really been our kind of our marriage life. Mm -hmm. You know, there was one point when I was going to the studio every day and those hours were long, but there's still a lot of flexibility, even in that to come home for a few hours. And then a lot of sessions don't sometimes won't start till eight at night, you know, and they'll go into the, the morning hours. So we've never, we've always, I think had a lot of flexibility in our time. It made me, you Maybe will grab like, like a movie during the day. Yeah, like we'll be lunch. like, okay, Soph is in school. Let's go, mm-hmm. you know, watch a movie and get lunch. And so it is more spontaneous. But I do, I do think that there is something valuable, and I, I definitely admire yeah. um, couples that are able to, like you guys, have like a this is what we're gonna do, and and nothing is gonna get in the way of that. Um, well, you know, we're working, <laughs> working on that. <laughs> It's actually not bad because you all sound a lot like it was for us in the military because it was the same thing. You didn't know day to day, you know, oh, you may be for a year. And so even though me and Kenya were not able to be physically together or talk on the phone Mm -hmm. every day, I would sit down and just write him a letter. And he'll mm. it whenever he got it in Iraq, yeah. you know, or whatever. Wow. And so we totally understand. But now yeah. <laughs> that we've settled down, he's retired from the military. We're like, okay, we're not moving anymore. Then that's when we were able to really, you know what I'm saying? Say no. Yeah. Yeah. We found the importance after we went through the trenches. And so that's mm-hmm. what it sounds like <laughs> with you all, where you're like, okay, baby, we're going to try to spend time when we can. 
<laughs> you know, yeah. well, y'all got five kids too. That's a whole other. <laughs> I imagine if you don't if you don't plan to see each other with five kids, you cannot see each other for like six months. <laughs> That's true. That's serious. Yeah. yeah well, we'll 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 try to implement that with uh with the rest of twenty twenty. Yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> and so I know uh, when it comes to to marriage and ministry. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of individuals uh, may not realize that your marriage is your first ministry. Mm-hmm. And yes, to kind of take care of home so that everything else kind of falls in order and kind of, you know, falls into God's will. Uh, how do you guys keep your marriage first? Mm. By, by keeping God first. You know, I've always had a problem with the idea that, oh, well, I can't do this in my marriage or, or the church is first. Mm-hmm. Or this gig is first, just because it's never really lined up for me scripturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I think keeping God, you know, even when I think about marriage now, so much of it is what you decide to do as unto God. Yes. And if you can keep that like at the top in terms of your vows, yes, I'm committed to Lisa. Yes, I love Lisa. But a lot of what I do as a man and as a husband is because, okay, God, I'm committed to you first. Mm-hmm. All those people at our wedding, that's all great. They stood up, they all witnessed the ceremony. But in my heart, if I can keep you at the forefront in terms of my commitment, mm-hmm. then I know the, the other things fall into place. Then there's a certain way I'm going to conduct myself. There's cer- certain things I'm going to do, certain things I'm not going to do because my fear of God, that's what the Bible says, the fear of God is what causes us, right? It gives us wisdom, causes us to flee evil. So I think we have to keep God at the forefront of, um, of, of all that we do. Yeah, I agree. And I think um, just continuing to communicate um, mm-hmm. and to make sure that, you know, the ministry isn't taking the place of the marriage um, and that it's not a substitute for the marriage and it's not yeah. like a you know a facade or a you know yeah, like a smoke run, screen i'm gonna run around we're about to church. run down <laughs> <laughs> come yeah. on that's amazing I, I think that's very well said and we said a lot often on the show um we see so many times when people are so vested in ministry and, and we tell people we're, we're not knocking that mm-hmm. but at some point you have to be able to keep yourself grounded yes. uh, because we've seen a lot of people put all their time in the ministry. And then when the marriage fails, then the ministry is not there. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. Right. Just realize it, it is a balance, you know, but once, like you said, one, if you keep God first and say mm-hmm. my fear for him, is he going to want me to give more time to the pastor than I give to my own husband mm-hmm. or, you know, or vice versa, that yes. that will help people stay in line and they can have a kind of checks and balances, if you will. Uh, there you go. Going under. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. You hit it because yeah. so one of the things that I say, you know, we do know the order and the structure of God, and we do know that you know marriage is first ministry, and we could probably speak on this because we've done everything from cleaning toilets to assistant pastors, mm. and being so <laughs> engulfed in ministry, 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 and and I, I think in my mind, I'll speak for me, I was so guilty of saying, you know, what I'm doing this for God, I'm doing this for God, but. But then God was like, okay, but like, what about your husband? To the point mm. where I love my honey. But he didn't have to tell me. And I was like, oh my God. Because I was like, well, the pastor, what well, a bishop said that you should. <laughs> and he was just looking. He said, the bishop don't run this house. I was like, <laughs> 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 like check myself. And so I'm quick to tell somebody 
hey, let me check with my husband. Let me check with my wife. So that leads me to that question. How do you all work that, if you will, you, your schedules the way that it is? Or is it just like, boom, Lisa, okay, I got this, I got to go. Or da, da 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 Like, how do you all mesh in that way? Um, I, I mean, I definitely think there's moments, times when we're moving fast, but I, we always try to check in with each other for sure. I mean, as friends, as, you know, even if you weren't in ministry together, I just think just in the natural, it's just a natural thing to want to know, you know, kind of where your wife is going or where your husband is going. You want to pray for him. You want to, you know, make sure the plane makes it like all those kind of things. So I think it's just important, um, to just, it, not to be, you know, from a place of control, but just from a place of care and concern and just respect for the other person. Um, you don't want to be ships passing in the night. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not, you know, it doesn't seem like a fun relationship. You want to just really have that kind of friendship and communication where it's just natural and it's not a burden on either person, but it's just a part of just natural communication. Yeah. Which which takes work. You know, I think for especially the older you are when you get married, then it's it's harder to make that adjustment from just, like when you're single, you can you just do whatever you want to do, <laughs> basically, right? Um, but that's an adjustment to make once you get married to say, hey, to consider the other person. Yeah. To consider and to, to allow them to speak into things. Um, and I we, we have definitely never made any major decisions apart from spending that time talking about it, praying about it, getting on the same page, uh, which is getting, you know, I'm inferring that sometimes you have to work to arrive at the same place and get to a place of agreement and unity. Yeah. Uh, but we've always tried to do that, uh, especially we talked earlier about moving from one part of the country to another. And those are things that we've always sat down, prayed about, fasted about, and, and connected on and got to a place of unity before we made those decisions. Yeah. Even the small, small things. I remember when we first got married, um, there was this uh, Chinese restaurant that I used to go to all the time. It was right beside Princess Hot Chicken um, in Nashville. <laughs> and I would go I would go there, you know, one in the morning if I felt like it. As a single person, I would go to the grocery store. I loved to grocery shop at 2 o'clock in the morning where there was no one body there. And one day I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to go. And I was like, oh, I'll go with you. And he saw, like, the area and the um, constituents that were <laughs> frequenting this uh, place, he was like, oh no, you, no, that's over. You are not about to be out here at two in the morning. And I was like, what, it's crazy, you know? Um, but it, that's part of it. It's like saying, okay, this person cares for me. This is somebody that I trusted, um, that, that God has given wisdom, you know, and believing that God has given them wisdom for my life. And it was not easy, but just saying, okay, you know what? That makes you feel uncomfortable. I'm going to go with it. And then you can run to Chinese. (laughs) (laughs) And then you get a little bit older. You're like, we don't need to eat Chinese at two more. (laughs) This was never God's will for our lives. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, uh, I'm I'm seeing we have a lot of similarities in in our two uh, marriages. Mm -hmm. Uh, My wife and I, we went through that part at one time. She would love to get up and go to Walmart at two or three o'clock in the morning to grab diapers and milk. And I'm like, Ain't nothing going on good at Walmart two or three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> you, you know the stories that happen around here. I don't need you out there. Yeah. Uh, even to the point that, you know, with uh, the coronavirus pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, I was just like, you and the kids aren't going anywhere. 
if, if we have to get something from the store, I will go and bring it back because, you know, as a husband, as a provider and a protector, I just naturally felt that's my responsibility. Uh, but once mm-hmm. again, working together, there were some times when we did have to go together. We had to devise a plan. Hey, uh, you got to go hit the meat out. I'm going to get the toilet paper, <laughs> whatever the case may be. And so we can find that balance and what we were still doing to keep our household running. Yeah. Yeah. That is all. Yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any like blueprint for that kind of thing. I think you just have to face it and you get to it. It's a bridge that you cross when you arrive there and you try to figure out and cross it the best way with the least amount of strife. And, but it's some, it takes some reps. It yep. takes some, some negotiating and just really experience. Right. And I think that's a good point you bring up, you know, uh, nobody goes to the gym and just comes out looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger overnight. <laughs> man, don't we wish? Don't we wish, man? Yeah. Gosh. I've been trying to gain weight for <laughs> years now. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're not similar in that way <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to gain weight. Not trying to gain weight. So with that, I keep hearing... It, I keep hearing God, God, mm-hmm. God led, God. Of course, the scripture, Matthew 6 and 33, you know, seek ye first the kingdom of God is what comes to my mind. And it seems like for you all's marriage, if you are not going before God, it's not happening. That's what that's what I is translating to me. Would I be correct in saying that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, God is our source. Yeah. You know, he's he is, you know, our new mercy each and every morning. He's the grace that we that we need uh, from him and for one another. And so I think God is at the we try at least to make yeah. sure he's he's at the core and at the center of all that we do, of our work, of our relationships. Yeah, um, that's that's our purpose on earth. I wouldn't want to try to lean on my own understanding when it comes to to, to anything. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not something that can that can be as difficult and as um, mysterious in some ways as as matrimony and as that union. Yeah, Yeah, I would agree. And I would say that the moments where we probably have the most strife or the most conflict are the areas where we neglected to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's a learning process that you're like, oh, right, that was okay. Next time, let me go and let me check and let us check. And, And then I find that it's just more peaceful that way when we do seek first the kingdom of God. I think we can see that in society right now. We we have in so many ways, critical ways, pulled away from what God's intentions yeah. and what his plans for us as his creation. Like, what are those things? And I think we've pushed those to the margins so dramatically that this has been a time, hopefully, that we're all taking a step back and trying to figure out, well, where did I leave God out? Mm. Where did I leave his um, his principles out. Yeah. Where did I leave love out? Where did, where have we left out um, respect for one another and esteeming one another? Because that's what we're seeing in society years and years and years, centuries even, especially if you're talking about African-Americans, where people have just left out love. They've yeah. left out concern. They've left out respect mm-hmm. um, for the person who is also made in the image of God. Mm-hmm. And I think if you put God back at the center of those things, then the realignment is a lot easier. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That is so weird. Yeah. So with everything that's going on in the world today, everything that could potentially go on within uh, a marital relationship, what is it that inspires you guys to keep going uh, marriage-wise and ministry-wise? I think I remember our wedding, and I remember um, 
I, you know, the food, the food, I remember the food, <laughs> but I remember us saying our vows and talking to our friends afterwards and, and then just being kind of like blessed by the fact that God brought us together mm-hmm. and, and, and that they had hope. Um, and looking at our marriage gave them hope. Looking at what God was able to accomplish in our lives gave them hope. And for just speaking for myself, um, I just think, feel like there's so many people out there that either have stopped believing in marriage, um, don't think that it works, um, and, you know, or just like, I, I don't think that that could happen for me. And I don't think that I would be successful in that. And so I do feel, and I know I speak for one as well, we feel a responsibility um, to make this work. We feel a responsibility to do it God's way. Um, because I do believe that if you do it God's way, then you can't fail. Um, and so I think in our ministry and in our marriage, there's always a bigger purpose and, and to be an example, to be an encouragement and to speak life into somebody, um, who is struggling, Mm -hmm. um, and to just our, you know, just our example in our life, just to be a light to somebody else. Mm. Yeah, and I, I would probably say in a word, I'd probably just say love. We love one another. Uh, we first love God, right? Our commitment to God, our love for him says, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And so we love him first and then we, we, we love one another. And then we talk about ministry and so much of our ministry is music. Yeah. We're passionate. We love music. We love the the ability to use the gifting and the talent that God has given us musically to express his love, to advance his kingdom, to tell people about how good he is and how kind he is and how how much he loves us. And so we love that process, creatively speaking um, and spiritually speaking. And so the love is what keeps us moving forward in marriage, uh, in in our relationships, in our communities, and certainly in our ministry of music. Uh, We're just passionate about it. So let me ask this question because we're also big on family. Our motto for our show is helping to build stronger marriages, which leads to stronger families and stronger communities. So you all's princess. You lost off for a minute. You froze. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it was deep. I know it's about to be you deep. Know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what I was saying is for your princess, um, if she watched this 10, 15 years down the line, because we're so big about family and marriage and community. What is it that you all will want her to learn from your marriage? What are you ministering for her to learn from your marriage and, you know, her future marriage? Great question. Mm. I'm not, I don't want to think about my daughter being married. So (laughs) next question. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> no, I'll go ahead, Elise. Well, I, I mean, I think we want to model Jesus. We want to model God. We want to model um, what godly behavior is. We want to model what it means to be a wife and what it means to be a husband in a godly way. Um, you know, and our, our prayer is that she would, um, you know, my prayer is that she would find some somebody like her dad that, that loves the Lord and that honors God and everything that he does. Um, but she's going to take away, you know, she's going to bring into her marriage, her own thing, you know, it's going to be hers, but if we could teach her, um, how to just find God in the midst of all of it, how to seek him first, how to be fulfilled by him first and not, um, have these holes that we're expecting somebody else to fill, um, Mm -hmm. so that she can go into her marriage, you know, as, as whole as possible. Um, I think, you know, and just also to, to model healthy conflict, 
um, because no marriage is perfect. And I, I wouldn't want her to show up in hers and be like, we had an argument, it's over. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, just just to model, um, you know, truth and, and realness and, and just two people that really, really love God and really want to honor him and really love each other and, uh, and really love her. So. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I think I think um, you know there's some some things that I, in my opinion, end up being maybe more important than others uh, when you talk about marriage, but really when you talk about relationships, because even if it's a friendship relationship, which is very different than a marriage, but the marriage was a friendship first, right? So I think some when you talk about a marriage, you talk about forgiveness, yeah. you talk about patience. Uh, love, resilience, uh, not holding things. <laughs> What'd you say? Long suffering. <laughs> Long suffering. He went King James on me. <laughs> um, those things end up being really, really important pieces of a, a long-term relationship. And I hope that when Sophia, you know, looks back or is picking a partner, um, that she goes into marriage willing to do those things, mm. willing to forgive quickly. You know, yeah. the Bible says you forgive quickly. And I hope that if she, if she can see that modeled in us. And then the other thing is this, what I, I'm hoping also for the grace of God, because you, as parents, we know we get so many things wrong, right? So many things wrong. And then our kids prayerfully, like even for myself, they turn out fairly decent. Yeah. That's the grace of God. And so I'm praying that, even she can see the great things, she can see the not so great things, but ultimately that God would touch her heart yeah. to see him yeah. through it all, uh, the good and the bad. And that she can go in hopeful and optimistic, knowing that God is going to do something greater through her, even that he's, than he's done through us. And, uh, and just having that open mind. That is amazing. Man, that's good. Uh, and not, not fearful. I don't want her to be a fearful, you know, uh, about what, could happen or what negativity could take place, but to go in trusting God. Yeah. And I think a part of that is, is, um, preparation. I jotted down some notes before we got started, uh, about marriage and ministry and you hit the majority of them, uh, understanding, forgiveness, love. What we miss? What we miss? Can you come on, talk to us? (laughs) Give us that session. No, Hey, you're good. You're good. Uh, but I think that, uh, when it all boils down to the, the key word there is preparation. Uh, showing our children what a marriage looks like. Uh, the way that we do it may not be the same as you do it, but if we give you some type mm-hmm. of foundation to build up on, yes. uh, then you get to determine how your structure of your marriage is going to be. Um, you know, a lot of times we take kids and we, we give them Lego blocks and we want to build, uh, we want them to build what we want them to build. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, mm-hmm. it's good for us to let them see some things, give them that foundation. Hey, you may not want red on this side. You may want blue on that side, but as long as the foundation is set and we're working towards the same goal to elevate them to God, then Mm -hmm. everything will be structurally sound and secure. Yeah. Mm, Amen. Yeah. Amen. So I have one last question and it makes so much sense. And I think it kind of wraps up everything that we've been speaking about, you know, God being first and coming from, you know, a musical background. When I going back to the song, because it's like playing in my head yeah. this whole time. <laughs> oh, good. We're not, we not mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I could hear when you all were singing, and, and I'll say, you know, growing up in a family of singers, it's like you can tell when someone is singing falsetto 
Oh, when someone is singing from every fiber of their being, praising God with every breath, with all that is within them. And so with the song, all three of, oh my God. Like, I was like, I just kept wanting to put it on repeat because. Put it on repeat. (laughs) Put that thing on repeat. (laughs) Because I could tell that you all were really ministering back unto God. Mm -hmm. Because I I believe, and I say this all the time, I'm a a music person and music, it moves people. And so I tell my husband all the time, I'm like, oh, you could just tell this person is doing it for show. Or no, this person is really ministering unto God because when they minister back unto God, it moves like none other. And that's what I feel listening to you all song that now, if I don't know y'all like that. Sorry <laughs> that the country just came out. But <laughs> it like when you sing that song that you're ministering back unto God as you're reflecting all the wonderful and marvelous things that God has done for yeah. you in your life mm-hmm. and how he's kept you. Would I be wrong in saying that? Or is that just an assumption? No, I, I hope and pray we both do that you hear uh, the faith that we have in the, the words that we're singing because we're singing God's word and we believe God's word more than we believe anything else. Yes. And so what I hear you saying is you all believe this thing that you're singing about. You're not just singing it uh, because it sounds good or because you, you know, you want to have followers because you just want to make music. No, we believe every single word that we are singing. Mm-hmm. And I think and I pray that that is what you feel, the, the anointing of God, uh, because we've connected God's word with our faith. And that's always going to produce something that yeah. people can benefit from. Yeah. Amen. I think we pray for the anointing of God. Like that's what we want when, when we sing. Um, we want the anointing to come and break yokes. Mm-hmm. We need the anointing to come and, and free the captive and, um, give sight to the blind. Like we are believing God, um, that he's going to do something through us that we can't do by ourselves. And yeah. so to hear you say that, um, it really means a lot and it's a real answer to prayer. And there's a lot of gratitude as well. When we're seeing these are experiences that we've had, you know, we have encountered God's salvation. Yeah. Uh, not just in like the ultimate eternal way, but on a day to day basis, we encounter his healing. We encounter all of his blessings, uh, our daughter, all of these things, his protection, his grace, his mercy. These are blessings that God gives us regularly. So when we're singing, all blessing belongs to me. We believe that because we walk in it every yeah. single day. And now we haven't been to heaven, but we know because everything else that God has said in his word has has turned out to be true. Uh, We know that in eternity, we will spend uh, that with Jesus in heaven. And so that's that's the last stanza. Heaven belongs to me to live eternally with our Savior and our King. That's good. That's good. Oh, my God. Yes. Uh, y'all, y'all we, so you keep talking about this family music. You don't heard us sing while we haven't heard. You. <laughs> no, no, sir. Why, why haven't we heard you sing? Huh? What had happened? With, mm, See, early, you know, if it, people start doing stuff like this. You like, oh, uh huh. No, no, no. <laughs> because see, my part of this deal was to interview. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, if if I sing, you gonna sing harmony? Um, probably not. Because see, you all are in practice. And it's been a few years since I've been in the church choir. Oh, 
least okay. I think what she's saying, can I translate for you? Because this is all about communication. Okay. I think I think I hear her saying she uh-huh. she may have buried one of her talents. Oh, okay. and they you may be good. Am oh, I? Oh, let us pray. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. Yeah, we, we may have to get you guys off on, a, on another call and maybe let her do something on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> off the record. <laughs> well, Juan and Lisa, you know, we, we just want to take this opportunity uh, to say thank you for allowing us to learn more about you guys, yes. uh, more deeper uh, than just the top surface. We really mm-hmm. dove down, and I'm hoping that the listeners were able uh, to get a better understanding of who you guys are. It's not just a name. It's not just yes. music. It is ministry, and you guys are living that yeah. every day. Uh, so to our listeners out there, you know, if you haven't heard the song, uh, you guys need to go out there and, and get that. Yes. It belongs. Yes, please. Uh, you have to accept that for yourself. Receive yes. that. Step into the fullness of God and just the talent uh, and the blessings that you guys have behind that song. We really appreciate you letting the Lord use you yes. uh, for that specific purpose. So thank you so much we for thank that. Y'all. Did y'all yeah. have anything closing that you would like to say or how we could follow you all on social media or? Sure. Uh, well, first of all, we want to say thank you for having us. Yeah. It's been a pleasure talking to the Kings. I feel like we learned some stuff. We've got some takeaways. We've got some assignments. We've got all a right. date night assignment. All right. um, <laughs> so we appreciate, you know, you guys for having us. Indeed, we want to say, you know, thank you to all the people that have supported the song, who mm-hmm. have purchased it. If you haven't, please go listen to it. I think it will bless you. Yeah. And uh, you can follow us on at Juan and Lisa Winans on all social media platforms. Mm-hmm. And um, no, that's it. We we never take opportunities like this for granted. Uh, we don't just assume they're going to come. So thank you all for having us. Yes. It's, it's greatly appreciated. Thank All right, you. no problem. We so as we get ready to wrap this up, I just want to give out our normal thought of the week. And the thought of the week this week comes from Nancy Lady Moss. Mm-hmm. And the thought of the week reads, the ultimate purpose of marriage is not to make us happy, but to glorify God. Come on, somebody. Yes. Mm, it just lined up with today's. Yes, <laughs> Look mm-hmm. how God aligns things. Yes, but no. Yeah. We say thank you all, and we just pray much success and yes. covering over you all and your family and the future decisions that you make. And we thank you for your time. Yes. Thank you, thank you so you much. God bless God you guys. Bless. <laughs> so God, take care. Uh, all you right, too. you too. You guys have a good week, all right? All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.